Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Empowered Leaders Membership Group. Welcome. So today we are talking about the law of the chain. So this is a, another law from the 17 Laws of Teamwork written by John Maxwell and basically says that the strength of the team is impacted by its weakest link. I've talked to hundreds if not thousands of leaders and let me tell you, at some point, sometimes very soon, uh, it, this issue comes up. What do I do with this person who seems to be the weakest link? So I just want to start off with a caution as we go on because you know, we've also done a, a video in the past, so if you need to go back to the search engine, search eagles and seagulls. That's where we talked about the difference between eagles who are your high performers and seagulls who are many and probably low performers. What we're talking about today is the weakest link in your chain. They are probably a seagull, uh, probably not an eagle, although that can happen. And I hesitate to share this with you because sometimes when I share this one, uh, this becomes the focus for all of the leaders. And I want to make sure that you understand it's important to, to really think about who is the weakest link from time to time. You don't want it to be the sole focus though. Okay, still this is, uh, we want to, this to be in alignment with that eagles and seagulls teaching. Okay. So basically what we're saying here is that the team cannot um, continue to cover up its weaknesses, okay? So I, if five people on a team are giving 10 out of 10, so they're showing up, um, they're being catalysts, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, they're encouraging the team, they're doing their work, they're inspiring others to do their work, they're coming up with different ideas, um, being creative. If they're giving a 10 out of 10, what you have is 10, times 10, times 10, times 10, times 10. And if you add that all up, it equals 100,000, okay? Now, if you have four people who are giving a 10, and you have one person, for whatever re reason, is giving a five out of 10, okay? Now, uh, we're not really talking about somebody who, maybe there's, something happening in their life. So perhaps they have a, a family thing that they're working on. You know, maybe they lost a loved one and they have to back off a little bit on, on their job. We're not talking about that, but overall, um, you have somebody who's giving a five out of 10. What you get is you, you get 10 times 10 times 10 times 10 times five. And the overall number is 50,000. So in essence, the weak link takes your production and your power and your momentum down to half as much, okay? So it really does affect you and, and all of your outcomes, okay? Now, the one thing that you need to know is that your team is not for everybody, and it shouldn't be, okay? So there's a, a term that we talk about in business all the time where we're asking people to think about what is your niche, right? So who are the people that you serve? Um, and, and that should really guide all of your, your decisions, right? So for example, we, we serve leaders in the Empowered Leaders Membership Group. So if you are a leader, if you're in a position or you're a, an aspiring leader um, or you're, you're a really great influencer without a position, you're welcome in this group. If you're somebody who says, no, 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 I don't want to be a leader, 
or you're in a position and you're like, I want to rule with a heavy fist, this might not be the group for you. Your team is not for everybody. There will be people who come to you and they are not supposed to stay with you. So let's say you have somebody who is, uh, they're, they're living by the status quo. They want to know what are my minimum job description responsibilities. They're not really interested in growth or encouragement or being a catalyst on your team. It's okay. It's okay for them to be there for a time. But if they have shown that they don't want to grow and they don't want to progress beyond that, it might be time to thank them and release them as soon as you can. Okay? If you have somebody who comes in and there's competing agendas, so uh, let's say you're, you, um, a top priority for you is the way that you serve your customers. And for whatever, whatever reason, this employee doesn't see that as important. You have competing agendas. That person, you want to thank them for their time that they've been with you. You want to wish them well. And you want to help them find the next thing. They're probably really good at something. They just aren't good for your team. And then there's also capability issues. So think about this. If somebody is willing, so they're like, hey, let's do this job, right? But for whatever reason, they don't have the capability issues. I was um, talking to a group of engineers a couple weeks ago, and we were actually talking about this idea. And one of them said, oh, yeah, you remember? And they inserted this guy's name, and they said, you remember? He was let go because he, he didn't know how to code. He said he knew how to code, which... I'm not an engineer, I'm not technical, I don't really know what that means. Um, but they said, oh yeah, he told the guy when he was interviewing he knew how to do this, this, and this code, and he definitely didn't. And he didn't have that capability. And so therefore, uh, you know, with that, you want to make sure that uh, you, first of all, identify them, and then ask yourself, is there some way that we can bring up their capability, or do we need to release them? So for example, if there's a capability issue, there are really um, three things that you could do with them. And this happens a lot, especially with new employees. So I really wanna delve deeper into this capability issue. So the weakest link in your chain might be weak because they need training, right? Maybe the orientation training that you provided them wasn't enough. Maybe the thing that you're asking them to do isn't in their skill set. Maybe it's not a strength of theirs. Uh, maybe everybody else seems to be, you know, doing well with this new system or process, and for whatever reason, they're having issues. So you might need to train them, okay? Um, sometimes you need to, after you tra train them, you need to realize they're not trainable, so sometimes it's your job to trade them, much like a, a pro athlete team would do. Um, let's say this basketball player is not performing really well. We're going to trade them to another, another team. Now, there's a couple different ways that you can look at that. You can say, you know what, um, we, we really need to trade you, but we're going to reposition you. So maybe it's a lateral move. Maybe the, the position that they're in right now is just not their strength zone. I've seen some really high task-oriented folks get fired because they didn't have the people side of things and vice versa. I've seen administrators who were excellent at the people side of things 
uh, you talk conflict resolution, vision, um, encouragement, but they couldn't fill out paperwork. So they became the weak link in their organization. However, when their team leader understood what their strengths were, they said, okay, we're going to reposition by saying, let's break your, your position into two. So you have somebody who comes along who is um, the, maybe the office administrator who is very good at task. So you can continue on in the people side of things. That's a, a repositioning trading kind of item. Um, you know, sometimes you have to ask them to leave. Sometimes it just comes down to we have tried everything and now we come to the magic question, do you want to keep your job? If you want to keep your job, these are the things that we need to see change. And if you don't, that's okay too because I'm going to help you to your next position. And sometimes we need to make a, a very intentional demotion so maybe you have uh, promoted somebody into a position and all of a sudden you and them and everybody on your team understands, hmm, there's something not right here. Uh, and we've given them all the training and it's not really working, but yet they were really good at what they did before. So how can we reposition the team members so that this person maybe can go back to what they were doing before because you don't want to lose them. You've put a lot of time money and effort and relationship building into this person. But sometimes you just need to bring them back to what worked before. And, you know, sometimes uh, um, looking at helping them understand as we're doing this shuffle, it's the best thing for you, for us. It's the win, win, win. Um, and how can we work on things so maybe that can be a possibility in the future? Okay. So I think sometimes with leaders, when I talk to them, the very first thing that they do when they're having issues is they start with corrective action plans, maybe some training. Um, they, they find a capability issue and it's not really working and they're like, oh, let's just, you know, get rid of them. Let's, let's go to trading them, right? When in reality, sometimes you can reposition them. And sometimes you need to put them on the sidelines for a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe... And, and again, with clear communications about what's happening. So uh, maybe they were trying something new for the very first time. I was talking to uh, a client not too long ago, a uh, 22-year-old kid, uh, and he gave me permission to share his story, just not his name. And he was coming to me because he uh, had just jumped into a sales leadership position. So he had uh, 12 salesmen who are car salesmen under him. And he just had jumped into this position where he was now starting to go out and, and do presentations. So no longer was he selling cars on the lot. He was going and doing presentations about different parts of the business. And he realized, oh my gosh, I, um, I don't know how to do a presentation. He was very good at selling cars not good at doing a sales presentation. So we were working on the trading or the, the training part for him, uh, the communication, and his boss came to him and said, hey, listen, uh, the last couple times have not gone really well. We know you're working on this. We're gonna sideline you for just a little bit while you're working on it, and let's work on it together before we put you out there in public. 
And so they had a, a targeted time every week. He would go and he would do a sales presentation to his bosses, just like he would out in public. He was working with me. Um, and within, actually within about two months time, they all were very, very excited. They're like, yes, go do this, right? And they had somebody go with him a couple times and they were like, yep, he's got it. He is rock solid. And the beauty about that is that at that moment, his confidence level soared through the roof. That is key because he not only knew what to do, he was not only good at it, but he had confidence. And so he actually, after that, he was the, the top salesperson in his whole region, I think five different states or something. And, uh, you know, he's being looked at as, as really an amazing guy, which he is. Uh, so that intentional sidelining him, bringing him out of the spotlight a little bit, giving him some of that training so that he could be ready, it was a win-win-win for everybody. Now, at first, it, it was a hit to him because he's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not good at this. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to make sure you're good at this. And afterwards, he was able to look back on that and say, wow, that was really cool. And I think about that very young kid going through that experience most likely, he's on a trajectory to, to do wonderful things and lead many, many people. At some point, he's going to have to sideline somebody, and he's going to have a really great story to share with them about how that intentional sidelining was the best thing for him. Okay? Now, the, the one... Um, the one sticky team member, if you will, uh, that you can't just get rid of, you can't just trade or reposition or demote them or, or sometimes even put them on the sidelines, is a family member, right? So your family is a team. Uh, you know, sometimes we need to help nurture and grow them. And sometimes we need to minimize the damage with boundaries, right? So whenever somebody in your family is open to that nurturing and the growth, great. I think about my kids. You all know I have three teenagers. Um, you know, at any one time, somebody always likes me, which is great. Have three, then, you know, if the other two don't like you, it's still okay. Uh, but they're also at various different points in their life. Sometimes they would like some nurturing. Sometimes they don't. Uh, so I'm very careful with that. However, sometimes you need to lay down the, the boundaries and say, okay, I know I can't get rid of you <laughs> as much as I would like to, um, but I am going to have very strong and firm boundaries so that you're not hurting yourself and others, okay? So the point of this is that you cannot ignore the weak link, okay? Um, the, your strong links, your eagles, are going to know who the weakest link is, okay? There's no way that you can hide them in a group. Your eagles know. They know right now. If you don't know who your weakest link is, go to your eagles, the people who are your high performers, they will tell you. Your, your eagles also will, they're going to have to help that weaker link, okay? Um, that means, here's the thing, if they're a catalyst, they're good for that. However, you're going to get to a point where there might be some resentment and, and with that breed some uh, real strong issues. And that, that's one of the biggest reasons for eagles leaving and going somewhere else is because they had to really carry the weakest links and those seagulls. Okay. Also, the, the strong links can't, they can't help for too long. Again, it's that resentment piece, but it's also, um, 
it's not good for them, right? And what happens over time is that the weak uh, links, they pull down the strong links. The strong links become less effective. Remember the math that we had before? You go from 100,000 to 50,000. That's just one person not doing their job, okay? So it pulls down the effectiveness of those eagles because when you're carrying someone else's load in addition to your own, it always compromises your performance, okay? So think about that. Um, and also the, the strong links uh, over time, this is typically what happens, uh, and we, we have people in our group who are leaders, but they're coming and they're talking to me about their bosses and they've gotten to the point where they have been carrying the load for others for so long that they're now questioning their leaders. They're now questioning their bosses, their supervisors. Um, so they're not only becoming less effective themselves, but they're questioning their leader's ability. And then there's no buy-in and it's a loss for everybody in that situation. Okay, so it's really important that you understand you cannot ignore that weak link. You've got to do something with them. Okay, so there's a, um, uh, a document in the download section that I created for you. It is uh, an evaluation. There's six different things in there and you're going to identify if you are the weakest link. So you go through those six different things and you ask, there's a, a column that says self. So you do a self-evaluation and you just check which ones, yes or no, and you give it to a friend. So this friend could be somebody in your organization. So if you want to do it for work, ask a, a, an inner circle member, hey, can you check this out for me? Just want to make sure I'm not the weakest link. Um, or you could use that evaluation for your team members, go through each one of them and say, where do they rate? and you'll get a better understanding of the weakest link, okay? So your homework for this week is to uh, go through that document, at least do it for you. If you're brave, and I hope you would be, give it to somebody in your organization and just say, hey, will you look at this for about five minutes and let me know your thoughts? And if you can, uh, try to do that on somebody else within your organization, at least one person. Pick somebody who you think might be a questionable weak link and go through those six items and see what you come up with. All right, and then just ask yourself if you do have a weak link and you know who it is, uh, what could you do with them? So could you train them? Could you trade them, move them somewhere? Or could you put them on the sidelines? So if you had, some of you I know, you, you're, I can already hear you, yeah, Michelle, but I don't really have any real authority to do that. Okay, but if you did, if you were the person in charge and you could say what happened with this person, what do you think you would do with them? If you were to train them, what would that look like? If you were to trade them or reposition them, what would that look like? And if you were to sideline them, what would that look like and how would you get them ready to bring them back into the game? All right, I hope this really helps. Uh, I know when I told a lot of you that, that this was gonna be the topic for the week, you got very, very excited. Uh, for those of you who have joined recently and you have not done the Eagles and Seagulls uh, video, I would highly suggest you use our search engine and go back and uh, find the Eagles and Seagulls because that one's a really good one and it dovetails with this very nicely. Aha, look at that dove. Ha, see what I did? Three birds, one stone. All right, so with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next week. All right, bye-bye.